no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us because we have been crucified with Christ. So we thank you, God. We love you, God. And we thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary for the remissions of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Um, tonight, what we're going to do, I think we have went through the tides and everything dealing with the tides. So not everything. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to say what you have learned uh, so far um, doing the teaching. Um, but I'm going to go over a little bit tonight um, why people um, do not tithe. Um, we're going to go over that a little bit. So don't be shy. I know you'll come up. I know it's people anxious to get up here. So we want a few people to come up here and just talk about what you have learned so far and how it has helped you. And I want you to remember this. Bring it the way God has given it to you. Amen. Just open your mouth and he'll speak for you and he'll speak through you. Now let's talk about tonight why people do not give. Why people do not give. And the number one that um, I have is a fear of lack. And lack means not having enough. Some people don't give because they're afraid if I give... Um, my money to the church that I won't have enough left over to do what I have to do because I believe some of us or maybe the majority of us we know what we're going to get before we get it so we just take out everything before we get it and we already know what's left and sometimes what's left scares us so we try to keep every little bit that we can for ourselves amen but the whole thing is, um, the reason why there's a fear of lack in the body of Christ, the main reason is because we don't trust God. When you truly trust God, you don't worry about what you have. Because you know that being now that you're in Christ Jesus, that he has blessed you with all spiritual blessings. Where? In, in the heaven, heavenlies through who? Through Christ Jesus. So the more we get to know him and the more we get uh, to spend time with him, we're not looking at what we have. We're looking to him who's the author and finisher of our faith. Because um, if all of us really look to what we had, we still wouldn't make it. Because some of us have overextended ourselves. Well, we can't get nothing else. You know, credit is overextended. You may have good credit, but you still can't get nothing with it because your debt ratio is too high. So some of us may be in a place that we can't even go out and borrow it no more because they won't give it to us because we don't make enough and we have too many bills out there already. Some of us may be in a place where our credit is, is shaky. We have the money, but the credit score don't look good. I don't know about you. Our dependency really have to be on God. Some of us might be in a place where we, we do have money, but we're afraid to let it go just in case something happened. We do have good credit. But we don't want to let go of what we have because in the back of our minds, we don't know what's going to show up. And if anything do show up, we don't have nobody to help us. Mom and daddy ain't here no more. Family don't want to give like they normally give no more. So if I don't depend on me, who am I going to depend on? Every little dime I get, I need to put it in the bank. And that's for me, myself, and I, and nobody getting nada. This is happening in the body of Christ because our mindset is dealing with the world's mindset. It's a carnal mind. When we get to know God, 
we need to know that what we have don't belong to us anyway. And what God put on our heart to give, he put it on our heart to give because he already made provision for what we are giving. This is why when we go into the word of God in Matthew chapter 6 verse 8 it says, Don't be like them because your father knows the things you need before you ask him. Now if we really meditate on that scripture, the Bible says don't be like them. Meaning we can't be like the world. We can't be looking at things the way the world look at things because we are kingdom citizens. We are children of God. We are ambassadors. You know, we have been accepted by God. We have been accepted in the beloved. We have been chosen by God. We belong to God. So our heavenly father, he already know what we need, y'all, before we asked him. Everything that goes on in our lives, God is already aware of it before it happens. So we meditate on that scripture every day when we get up and we say, Father, this is the day that you have made. Let us, let me rejoice and be glad in it. Father, you already know what's going to take place in this day. You already know what I need in this day. God, I thank you that on this day you have already given me my daily bread. So God, I'm going to give you glory, honor, and praise that everything that me and my household need, we already have it. And matter of fact, that's my prayer for Miracle Temple. I say, you know, when lifting up each individual in Miracle Temple, I I say, Lord, you already supplied that need. You know what the need is before we even ask. So when we're reminding ourselves, don't remind yourself when it's nothing there. Remind yourself on a daily basis that your father know what you in the need of before you ask. And that need is not only money. That need is every area in your life. When we do not recognize that our father know our need, what happens is we start depending on ourselves and other people to fulfill that need. We start sitting down and thinking of things that could help us to meet that need. Or we start to sit down and and try to say, well, maybe if I do this, it'll work more for me in this area. Well, maybe if I do this, this right here happened. When you depending on you to do it, if something happened to you, how's it going to get done? We can budget all we want. Do y'all know budgets are subject to change? Because things come up. Things in the home may, you know, break down. Or something may happen where you holding on to something. And all of a sudden, you holding on to it because you say, this is for me. But then when something happened, all the stuff you holding on to is already gone because you didn't seek him first. That's why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, his way of doing things, and all of these things shall be added unto you. God want us to seek him first. If we seek him first and acknowledge him, guess what? We won't have a fear of lacking nothing because we already know what we have in him. It's in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. So God want us to turn everything over to him. Everything that we have, we want to say, God, if, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have this. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have what I have in my house. And God, some things I have, it wasn't because you told me to get them. It's because I chose to get them. And this is why I'm going through this area in my life. 
So we have to understand that when we go to God and we really trust in God and we really lean and dependent on God, no matter what comes up in our house, we're supposed to roll it over to him. We're supposed to cast that care over to him and say, God, I'm casting this bill over to you. This is an uh, unexpected bill that I was not expecting because it's not in my budget. It's not in what I was expecting this month. God, I wasn't expecting a light bill to be $400. I budgeted $150, but now it's $400. God, you already knew what it was going to be, so I'm going to roll it over to you, and it's not going to stop me from doing what you tell me to do with my money. Things pop up unexpectedly, but do we take from God to deal with the unexpected, or do we stand on what our heart is telling us that God wants us to do? We don't take from God because something unexpected come up. This is what we do. And I, and I love um, Tiffany, right? Oh, I got it right. Thank you, Holy Ghost. See, God helped me with that one. Now, when Tiffany gave us her testimony, she said she had her tithes, but her heart was into giving her tithes. But she said, I'm going to trust God because I feel as if God want me to take this and get this furniture that I need from my apartment. Now, she had to hear from God, and God had to know her heart, because guess what? She got the tide back. See, that's when you have such a relationship with God that whatever you have in your hands, and God is saying, take this and do this with it. God's going to bring it right back because you honoring him first. God knew that he's still first place in your life, so he's saying, I want you to take this and do this with it. But when we put in everything over God, when, when unexpected things come up and we already know what our heart is saying about giving, but that thing come up so unexpectedly that we're going to dig into God's money because it was unexpected without consulting God and saying, God, what would you have me to do with this? How would you have me to handle this? Or you make a vow, you make a promise and say, this is what I'm going to do like Teresa she said, this is what I'm going to do. And Sister Deborah, I want you to hold me accountable because this is what my heart is telling me to do. But she had an unexpected thing to come up. She got sick. She was out of work. But her heart didn't change because she's saying, God, this is still what I want to do. And I believe you're going to help me to do it. And guess what? It was done. And even though it wasn't done at the exact time, she still did it because she made a vow to the Lord. Even if it was past the date, she said, I'm going to honor what my heart was telling me to do. This is how it's supposed to be. When we say that God said God is not a liar, you do not change and try to justify what you think. You stand on what God is saying regardless of what your situation is. Guess why? Because God's going to bring it back 30, 60, 100 fold because he said, I don't lie. So we shouldn't try to take from God to give to somebody else without consulting to God and saying, God, this is my situation. But the Bible says God's going to say, wait a minute, I knew this situation was coming even before you knew this situation. I still want you to do what your heart is telling you to do regardless of what the situation looked like. That's what the body of Christ supposed to be doing. So that fear of lack, and how do we have a fear of lack? Fear of lack comes from not knowing God, from not depending, from not trusting in God. We trust more in what the world offer, what the world say, than what the word of God has already said. Because it's already written. God is not going to change his mind. You cannot bargain with God. If God said it, that's it. 
He's not changing his mind. But that fear of lack build up dealing with our circumstances, dealing with who we trust the most. And then another scripture is Philippians 4.19. It says, and my God will liberally supply, fill to the full every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Why would Paul say that to the Philippians? It's because the Philippians was given to Paul. And Paul let them know by you giving to me out of what you're going through or helping him with helping somebody else. He said, may God supply all of your needs. Paul knew that they would not go without because they were doing a good deed. They were sowing into the kingdom because if they were sowing into Paul, they were sowing into the kingdom because he was an ambassador for God. He was a messenger for God. He was bringing the good news. Paul was planting. Guess what? He was planting somebody watered. God give the increase. So they knew about the scripture. So they opened up their heart regardless. And Paul began to speak the word unto them. May God supply all of your needs. He didn't say one need. He said all of your needs. God is not going to leave not one need out of your life. Because that's not who he is. All mean all, whatever need you have in your house, financially, physically, spiritually, whatever need it is, the Bible tells me that God is going to supply all of those needs. God don't leave anything out, but we have to trust God. Even when we have those needs, we have to roll it over to him because guess what? Anybody know once you get a paycheck, you get that paycheck because those, those hours you work for that paycheck. And this is what we have to do when we are getting our paycheck. And once they pay us, they ain't going to cut you another payroll. Not unless God really changed their heart and say, give Teresa $50 more in that check. So then they're going to say, Teresa, we made a mistake. We're going to have to give you $50 more. Teresa said, I didn't work for that. But this is what I have to do. Because God, he turned the heart of that person. To give her exactly what she need. And then after they give it to her, they thinking, why did I do that? It's already done, 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 done. And it's reminding me, um, with Sister Denise, God is bringing so many examples in this teaching. Sister Denise, I'm going to let you share with them about your license tags one day. You know what I'm talking about? So we got to understand. Come on up, Sister Denise. So this was when I was working in shipping. Um, my tags had ran out. And I was in between blessings. Say it like that. <laughs> but my, my tags had ran out. And I kept saying, oh, God, I got to get my tags. I got to get my tags. Because the only thing I could see was my husband and I pulling up to the church and Pastor James looking at our tags. But anyway, I was in between blessings, and one of the truck drivers, I mean, when um, I worked in shipping, I mean, God put them in my path all the time. They was always giving me something, putting something in my hand, or giving me stuff for the church when I asked. And one day, there was this man and he know me and he know my husband very, very well. And 
he come in there and he said, hey, Denise. I said, hey, how you doing? He said, I'm all right. Is you all right? I said, I just got a lot of stuff going on and it's, it's just a lot. I said, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. But, but God. So he walked outside. He come back in and he said, take this. I said, no, 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 no. Pride come up. My pride came up. I said, no, you don't have to do that. He said, yes, I do. He said, because when I walked out, he said, and he is a God-fearing man. He said, God spoke to me and said, you had a need. And I didn't know that it was way over what I needed because my tags was in the hundreds. And that man, when I, when he left out, I opened up the envelope and it was more than enough. He put the money in my hand and I just began to just weep and cry and said, thank you, Jesus. And the next day he said, did you take care of what you had to take care of? I said, huh? I said, yeah, I took care of. He said, God, no. So he blessed me with what I needed when I was in between blessings and he gave me more than enough for what I needed. Amen. Now, the reason why I bring that up, does that not go back to, I know what you're in the need of before you ask. See, God already know what you need, so that's why we have to trust him to the point of knowing that he will fulfill that need regardless. Because when we're trusting him and we're doing like his word tell us to do, then guess what? you already taken care of, even before the need come up. We should be giving God glory every day, saying, my daddy takes care of me, and he takes care of me well. I don't know about you, but my daddy meet every need that's needed in my house. He give me more than enough to do what I need to do. And not only for me, but he give me more than enough so I can help somebody else that's in need. It ain't only for me. It's for somebody else. God just keep popping them hundreds. He keep popping them hundreds. And the more he pop them, the more I dish them out, the more he bring them in. Because that's the next scripture, Luke 6.38. Amplify, note the um, expanded said, give and you will receive. Isn't that awesome? Give and you will receive. It will be given to you. You will be given much, a good measure, pressed down, compacted. Can y'all see what pressed down is? Did anybody know what pressed down is? You pressed it down. It's, it's, it's in there, right? It's packed, shaking together, running over. It will spill into your lap. The images of grain overflow in this container. The way you give to, the standard, the measure you use with others is the way God will give to, the standard, the measure God will use with you. If you stingy, God going to be stingy. What what I mean by that? If you give a dime, God can give you no more than what you're giving. That's his word. Don't get mad at people because you see them with more because they're giving out more. The word says it. Did anybody comprehend that? With the measure you give, it's going to be given back to you. When you give people little, and little is coming back to you. But when we give, we're supposed to give to the, the point of we're knowing it's hurting. 
If it's easy for you to give $5, you ain't really gave. I'm being honest. If it's easy for you to put five, but try coming up with a 20. See how that body flinch. Try coming up with something that you don't want to come. Your body going to be doing some flips. Your mind going to be going crazy. I ain't the only one up here. Because you don't want to get out of your comfort zone. And if you in a household married, and let's say the husband is a giver, but the wife ain't. And the wife always looking at the husband, see what the husband going to give. And she know they say you ain't giving no more than 20. And he pull out 100. She about passed out. She's sick on this. Where you going? I'm going to pay this money. If you pay that money, there ain't going to be no peace in this house. <laughs> you supposed to ask me if the Holy Ghost is prompting them. Why are you going to cut off God? Because the devil's sitting right by you. That's the truth. The devil don't want you to do what God wants you to do. He's going to stop you in doing it, even if he got to use that husband and the wife. He's going to do that. But the Bible says when we give, it is given unto you. But we don't give because we have a fear of not having enough. Have you ever been at the point you can't really enjoy yourself because you scurred? All your bills paid. Bills ain't behind, but you so used to skimping that when you get in a place, you scared to really order. Because in the back of your mind, if I spend that much, I'm going to lack next week. But if your heart is free and you just having a, you know, a joyous time and you're not trying to just spend because you can spend. Don't get me wrong, because I know everybody's on a budget. But God wants you to enjoy yourself sometime, Right? But if you holding even back on yourself, you know you're going to hold back on somebody else. Some people hold back on themselves to help other people. Let me correct that too. But some people hold back on them and they hold back on others too. Because they're trying to stay within their bubble. That reminds me, my little granddaughter Jada, she done learned a new term. If you come up on her, she said, what you doing in my bubble? I'm like, where'd she get that from? You in my bubble. Okay, okay. Let me back it on up a little bit. All up in my bubble. Anyway, so this is why we have to trust God, y'all. When we begin to trust God and really trust God, money is no object. I don't care how much little you have or how much of money you have. It should not get in the way of what God want to do for you or nobody else. So the next scripture is Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. And this in this scripture says, honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency. I'm reading out amplified from righteous labor. You hear what that said from righteous labor and with the first fruits of all your income. So shall your storage places be filled with plenty and your vat shall be overflowing with new wine. Let me read that again. Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors and with the first fruits of all your income. So shall your storage places be filled with plenty and your vats shall be overflowing with new wine. So the Bible gives us a promise here that when we honor God with our first fruits, with our sufficiency, we're going to have overflow, y'all. The thing is, we got to be in a place to hear God 
when it comes to our giving. You know, when things are going on in our lives and maybe it may not have anything to do with money, it may have something to do with healing, it may have something to do um, you know, with something that may be going on with your marriage, it may be outside of money. How many of us take the time to say, God, I need to hear you dealing with the situation on my job, or God, I need to hear you, you know, concerning the situation that's going on in the church with certain individuals. We'll set aside time because we really want to hear God so we'll know what to do, right? But when it comes to money, people already got their mind made up. People already got their mind set on what they want to do outside of what the word of God tell them to do. That's a fear of lack. Meaning that your heart, and that's the next thing I'm going to go into, dealing with the hardened heart. When you have truly made up your mind, even though the scripture is telling you to do something and you don't do it, that means your heart is hard. That means it's callous. It has become a rock. So when the word of God is coming at you and truth is coming at you, it bounces off. Because that ground has not been cultivated enough to receive that seed that want to be planted in your heart. So this is why we have to, if you have a fear of lack in your life, you need to seek the Lord and say, Lord, where did this come from? Because sometime in our childhood, y'all, and it comes through slavery too, because dealing with the slaves, y'all know how the slaves were treated. And sometimes people go back to those yesteryears and they bring their children up with that mentality. You know, we can say if a man don't work, he don't eat. Woman don't work, she don't eat. We can say that, but we don't want to say that to the point to we give them a mentality that's a uh, lack mentality. You know, you get scared and feel like this is what I have to do. And that's why so many people depend totally on themselves because when they were raised, you know, the family began to tell you how bad it was back there in those days and things that happened. Have y'all noticed this? And I remember I used to do it and sometimes I catch myself doing it. You can buy something new and you save it. You don't want to mess with it right then. You just like, I'll give you an example. If I bought a set of new knives, right? And the knives have the scissors in there that you can cut your meat and stuff with. And I have an old pair of scissors that I used to use. The new pair of scissors is out, but I go to the old because I'm trying to save the new. (laughs) Who don't do that? I better not mess with these. Why you buy them? See, that's how the enemy trick your mind. Or you may have some new socks or something that you got and, you know, you knew you needed the new socks, but you go in the drawer and you're still using the old socks and you ain't messing with the new socks. Why is that? It's the mentality we have. Or you have pajamas. Let me tell you something funny. Um, My dad, I'll never forget this. I had bought daddy a pair of um, pajamas or bought him something to wear. And this was years ago. I said, Daddy, why are you wearing them pajamas? You keep them in case you got to go to the hospital. I said, what? <laughs> That's old people mentality. You hold on to that new stuff in case something pop up, you got something new. Or how about towels in your house? You buy new towels, don't touch them new towels. That's for the gas, and you don't have no gas. And those new towels are just sitting in there for show. But you know your old towels. I don't know if y'all notice about towels. But if you keep towels so long, they develop an odor. And even the uh, stuff, whatever you put in there, downy and stuff, won't get it out. Because you rub off with them for a while. And you don't need rub them places you shouldn't rub. Just your back or whatever. And all of a sudden, that don't smell right. Because you had the towel for years. 
That's why they tell you you have to put vinegar in those towels after a while and some, um, what else is it? It's vinegar and um, what you call it? Baking soda. And you let them soak to get that odor out. But yet and still you got new towels and you don't want to even wash them like they're telling you to. But you don't want nobody to use those towels. Fear of lack. Come on, I'm bringing it out. Or you got, I'm going to use this one because this is me. How many got a lot of glasses in their house and a lot of plates? But how many use paper plates? Got glasses sitting in the cabinet, nice dishes, use that paper plate. Duh, if you want to give it to the kingdom, wash some dishes. Is this helping somebody? Or you have certain cups you drink out of because you ain't messing with the real deal now. That's for company. (laughs) Company eating them plates, you don't mess with those plates. I remember my daughter when I was packing up from college and she was telling me the plates in my house that she wanted to take back. What? I said, you ain't taking them plates. She said, well, mama, they're in the cabinet. I said, that's where they're going to stay in the cabinet. What you need my plates for? We're going to go out and get you some college dormitory plates. (laughs) Them 50 cent plates. (laughs) You can't have these plates because they match my decor. Well, mama, you use paper plates, but when people come... We're going to take out these plates. And when people come, you don't mind a paper plate, do you? Am I lying, honey? And we'll even buy the paper plates that look fancy. We need to be delivered. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And then check this out. I want y'all check this out. Then when we go to Olive Garden, y'all, Olive Garden has some good-to-go containers. You wash them out. You put them under your cabinet. And when people need to take something from your house, you put it in there and you never miss it. Conservative. Is that not right? Because if you get somebody a bowl, you want to know where my bowl. You were the last one with my bowl. Make sure you bring it back. I got a bowl. I let Ariel take to school when she was in um, elementary or middle school. I said, write your name on it. Her name's still on that bowl. That bowl about 20 years old. But it's in my house. I'm going somewhere with this. Y'all know I'm going somewhere, right? We do all of that. And yet we say we trust God. Don't want to get nobody no plate. Don't want to get nobody no bowl. Come on now. But we trust God. Hey, I'm going to give you another one. I think all of us do this, don't we? You go in a restaurant, you order your meal, and you check them prices. Do we check it? Until we can get to the place of trusting God. And he just said, just go and order, baby. I know that's right. But we check our prices, don't we? But have y'all noticed we still order something on that menu? Right? And we still got to give them something for what we eat. Is that not right? It'll get to the point of 
if your drinks cost too much, give me water and lemon and I put some sugar in it. Truth. Because you saving money. I refuse to pay $2 for a drink. So I'm going to doctor up my own and I'll be all right. If that's the way you roll, that's the way you roll. But guess where all this come in at, y'all? Without food. But guess what? We still talking kingdom. Kingdom. We kingdom citizens and we telling people, God don't, here go another one for you. God don't, don't, we don't like, we in the kingdom. And we, we, we minister to these people in this restaurant. When you leave a tip, it's 50 cent or a dollar. Your meal about $60, you can get them a dollar 50 cent. But we kingdom. Somebody says it's better than nothing. You wait on that table and see if, if it's better than nothing. Y'all know what we do to them people before they can even turn their back and go get your um, soda. You done said, wait a minute, why you going that way? Y'all, let me tell y'all something that happened to me. I know you think about it, ain't you, Sister Niece? I got to tell y'all what happened to me. Got two things to tell you, and I'm going to cut it off. Y'all know all this teaching I've been doing on warfare, right? Just had a second session when Sunday. We're going to go up into a restaurant. And when I go into a restaurant, everybody know me, and y'all may do it too. I'll ask for my to-go cup with a lot of ice and then put the tea in there. And I ask for my to-go fork. I do it everywhere I go. So we're sitting there, and I tasted the tea. Once I had all the ice in it, it was very sweet. And I think Sister Nisa said, this tea is kind of sweet. So I'm saying, it got to be sweet if Sister Nisa saying it's sweet. So I said, it is kind of sweet. So I had not drunk all the tea out of that cup. So when the waitress come back around, I said, um, could you bring me um, unsweet and sweet? And, um, you know, she said, okay. She brought it back, and I said, I wanted it in a to-go cup, because my cup was already full. That waitress took that cup, emptied it out, and slung the ice in the thing. I said, okay, okay. Somebody wanted to get them. Somebody. <laughs> my armor bearer was going to stand up for me, pass across, and she said, you want me to check her? Pasta said it nicely. She did. She wasn't going to cause a scene. She looked at me. She bucked the eyes. She said, can I check her? Then I say nothing. She looked at me again. She said, can I check her? I said, mm-mm. It's okay. It's okay. And Sister Nee sitting there, and she, she was holding her cool because of that deacon right there. Sister Nee was ready to check her, too, because, y'all, she really caused the scene. So I'm sitting there just as nice and cool and collective and everything. So I think she bought me my stuff back, right, Sister Denise? And she didn't bring it back with a good attitude. So I stopped her and I, no, this is what she said when she bought it back to me, y'all. This is what tops it off. She said, um, I said, I'm so sorry if, uh, I can't remember everything I said, if I upset you or anything like that. She said, it's just that I'm very busy and people are asking for silly things. Thank you, Jesus. I was calm as a cucumber. 
So I just sat there. And that's when the pastor asked me. <laughs> and Sister Nisa, <laughs> Sister Nisa just sitting there like, okay, it's all right. It's good. And it was good. So I, in my mind, I'm saying, Holy Ghost, show me how to minister to that girl. So I called her back to the table. I said, can, again, I said, you were saying, were you saying that what I was asking for was silly? She said, yes. I said, ma'am, that's not for you to determine. I said, that's for the owner of this place to determine if what I'm asking for is silly. He pay you to wait on us. And I'm letting you know so you won't do somebody else like you're doing me. She still didn't change. She left. But I did my part, y'all. This is what I'm telling you. Warfare. We were getting tried right after the sermon. We were getting tried. So this is what I'm going to tell you. The enemy will try you dealing with certain situations. So we have to always be on our guard because whatever we're teaching, guess what? The enemy is going to come at you. I got tried again today. And I ain't going to talk about that one because we lied. Because me and my husband was almost late getting here because we got tried again. So this is what I'm telling you. We have to depend on God. We have to trust God with everything that we have. Because guess what? We are kingdom. And we don't look to other people. We look to him for what we need. And whatever we're in the need of, we go to him first and foremost. So if you have a fear of lack, and you know you have a fear of lack, and you always trying to make ends meet, don't get me wrong. We all need to budget ourselves. We don't need to be just splurging because we can splurge. We need to ask God, what do you want me to do with what I have and not use it foolishly? So we need to say, God, was that message for me? Do I have a stronghold of lack in my life that the enemy is using and is stopping me from giving what I should give so you can pour back into my life the way you want to pour into my life? Because guess what? God already done blessed us. And sometimes what he has blessed us with, we hold it up because we're not giving what we need to give. So that's the first one, and I'm going to stop there because I'm going to let at least two people come up and tell me what they have learned, and then I'll share my other warfare with you. Two people? Come on, Renee. And Renee, once you finish, you can just leave the mic on. I turned it on. Is that okay, Athea? Um, everything that Apostle said was like confirmation while I had God in my spirit. I'm a giver, but I'm doing the giving. We have to totally surrender our money, our possessions to God and allow God to be able to hear from God. When I look around this church, I can't look in this church and know who's in need. God is the only one that knows who's in need. I don't know who's in need. I don't know who need clothes. I don't know who need food. We all look the same. We cannot look in this church and tell who is going through in their homes. 
And that's because we give, but we're not totally surrendering ourselves to the Lord to be able to hear when the Spirit says, give Jennifer $50. We're doing it. And that's what I do. I just give. But it's time for me to go up to the next level to say, God, what do you want me to do with this? You know more who in the need and what they need than I do. Amen. Someone else? Come on back up, Tiffany. Can you? Oh, you, yeah. Okay. I have had the fear of black mentality. <laughs> um, a few weeks ago, my car broke down on me. And it was so funny because I think that Sunday before, he was talking about your situation with the Cadillac. Well, that's what I drive. And uh, it shut off on my husband. Like, no signs, no warnings or anything. Shut down in the middle of the road, right in front of our house. So I was so grateful to God for that because I could have been on I-40 taking it to the dealership the next day and it could have happened to me. But, um, you know, so the expense to get it fixed is over $8,000. And, yeah. So I'm grateful for the word that I got to stand on God's word, you know, regardless of the fact. I ain't going to lie because it shook me. I'm like, Lord, you know, I'm in the process trying to get a new home. And I'm, it's summer, so I'm working summer school, but we don't get paid until, like, after summer school, you know. So um, I'm a teacher, so we're out on summer break. Um, and my husband's the only one working. But, um, you know, like I said, it shoot me for a little bit, but I had to go back to my word. And I was like, God, you know, I'm, and I told Ms. Waddell about it. I was like, you know what? This happened out of the blue, and I'm just going to have to give this to you. I need you to take this because it was over $8,000 to get it fixed, and then we had to get it towed twice. That was two separate bills with insurance. But um, nevertheless, like I said, I just gave it to God, and he blessed me with a credit card like in 2014. I got this credit card, but I didn't want to use it because of fear of lack. But, uh, you know, my husband's like, go ahead and use it so we could try to get the car fixed. It was cheaper than what our first quote was. So we managed to use the credit card, and it's being worked on. But long story short, like, I had a major fear of, like, I didn't want to use the credit card. and um, But it is what it is because I'm just leaving it to Jesus. And everything else that we need from this point forward, he will provide. I'm not worried about that bill or any other one because I'm just keeping him and what he has done and can do and will continue to do for me. So that's my testimony on fear of lack. Amen. And I want to say this. Sometimes God will give us things and we may be holding on to them until the right time. Because God know, and the Bible say, oh, no man, nothing but to love them. But God always tell you what to do at the right time with what you have. Amen. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? What they learned? Come on up, Phil. What I'm going to say is not what I have learned in this teaching. I didn't have to learn it because I already knew it. Because God told me long time ago when I started in church on the little house on the period with pastor. He said, if you bless her hands and the church, I will bless yours. And he showed me a dream 
when I was in that church up under Pastor. And I said, Pastor, I had a dream. And can you tell me what it means? Do you remember me telling you that? It was about a toilet. And it was running over with water. It was a toilet that you used. And the water was coming up, and it was real pretty and clear. Because I remember her saying, was the water clear? I said, yeah. I said, and every time, <laughs> I said, when I would, um, I didn't flush it. It just kept knocking me down. It was just knocking me down. And she said, that's the way your blessing's going to come in. So I held on to that. It took 10 years before those blessings knocked me down. I mean, it came in and it came in like a flood. I, I just get so happy to just, it was at a time when I needed it. And then when I came back into the church after I had to leave because of my mom and my husband being sick, he told me the same thing again. He said, if you bless Pastor Amanda and her family, and you bless this church, your blessings, you will not like nothing. I said, well, Lord, I'll give her what I can. And he told me, no, you will give her what I said. And that's what I try my best to do. Whatever he lays on my heart, not only for her, but he puts me where I see people. And he just say, you need to do this and you need to do that. And people might think I'll make it up. And some of y'all have heard me tell it, you know, because you see me with name brand is and clothes and things in my house. If you would come to it, you would say, where did you get that from? I don't buy it. I don't buy it. It's given to me. It's given to me. And what she's saying, whatever you give out, you will get back. And it, I don't even have to ask for it. I can just sit up in there and look out and, you know, and think it. And it comes to me. It comes to me. I'm not making it up. If you do right with Pastor Amanda and Pastor James and this church, I'm telling you, you're not going to like nothing. You're not going to like nothing. You, before you speak it, you'll see somebody at the door ringing the bell or coming to you with it. I'm telling you, y'all don't know what anointing is on this church and on these people's life. You, where you need to be, you better be, and I got to be. That's all. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, um, Kim, you can turn us off in that life. And the reason why I'm doing this because I'm not going to do what the person done to us. <laughs>